Welcome to the RE and Friends Podcast, a Red Max Events audio experience. Hosted by Brandon Havrilla, owner of Red Max Events. Thank you for checking out our podcast where we bring in event industry professionals to discuss current events, share their knowledge, and explore ideas. Follow Brandon Havrilla on his entrepreneurial journey on Instagram at Brandon Havrilla and see what Red Max Events is up to by following at Red Max underscore events. And now, it's the episode you've all been waiting for. What's going on, guys? I'm your host, Brandon Havrilla. Welcome to the RE and Friends podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Jeff, with me from Canal Sound and Light. How are you doing this afternoon, Jeff? I'm doing great. How yeah. are you doing? Another day in paradise? <laughs> yeah, just... um living the covid life <laughs> that's it aren't we yeah. all what's the uh so you're for the listeners that don't know um canal sound and light is in new york city what's the situation like in new york city i know i saw some pictures on your facebook the other day yeah we're so we're in soho so it's it's a less densely populated area it's a lot more businesses and tourists and shopping and stuff like that so we have a more deserted part of the city um so you know you, Canal Street is used a lot. We're on Canal Street, uh, which is kind of like the border of Soho, Tribeca, and Chinatown in Little mm-hmm. Italy. So um, <clears throat> we're, on, we're technically in Soho. So right here, it's very quiet. Like the traffic that you'd normally see to the Holland Tunnel, to Manhattan Bridge, it's very few cars. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. You're walking around Soho. You know, we do, I'm doing daily uh, trips to FedEx to do some shipments and stuff mm-hmm. for e-commerce. And uh, there's just nobody. It's it's just, yeah, I've seen some pictures of Times uh, Times Square and stuff, and it's like chilling. <laughs> it's a, it's it's can't even imagine this kind of scene. <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. So you want to tell us a little bit? I know you touched about Canal Sound and Light and you doing uh, online orders and stuff. So for the listeners that don't know, what is Canal Sound and Light? How did it start? You want to give us a little story how you got involved? Yeah, yeah. Canal Sound and Light. Um, st- started by my, my my parents my dad really um back in 1977 we're in the same location since uh, since the start of it he had five That's partners awesome. at the time and um yeah so we're entering our fifth decade but back then you know we you know we've changed a lot over the years so back then we did a lot of um <clears throat> they sold a lot of consumer electronics you know you can you can imagine the type of the, what technology has change throughout the decades and stuff like that so you know if you're working in this kind of industry you have to kind of change with the times so they were selling uh hi-fi some car audio into the 70s and 80s and then i think in 1990 my dad bought out the partners and he's he's like he was into pro audio and you know we did a lot of um he did a lot of these big events for z100 uh, okay. for Puerto Rican Day Parade, um, for the Labor Day Carnival, you know, <laughs> the West Indian American Day Carnival. I think they have like one to two million people in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And we used to do the main stage. So he used to do big sound systems and the big um, floats and stuff. So we were, we started as a retail store back in the 70s and 80s. And then he took it to another level in terms of um, production, I guess you would call it. So he, we did a lot of concerts, you know, in the parks and stuff like that with the community with Z100, Puerto Rican Day Parade, with the um, Caribbean uh, mm-hmm. community and in churches and stuff like that. And then um, in 2003, that's when I kind of came in. Okay. Uh, so I was living in Seattle. I was um, working out of college as a Microsoft programmer. Okay. And um, so I spent about four years doing that. I loved it. I love living in Seattle, but I just missed my family. And so um, I decided to come back. And I actually wanted to be an entre- entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, but I had worked in the business before, you know, doing, right. you know, cashiering or um, just doing a, being a sales clerk and stuff like that. For so, the store, you're saying, for your parents? Yeah, yeah. On weekends and stuff like that. You know, they, you know sometimes... Growing up, they didn't, you know, like, yeah, I was, I started when I was 12, you know, 
they they sometimes didn't have much for me to do so <laughs> we just just brought me to the shop and put me to work and stuff right so um back when i started in 2003 that's when i um 2003 2004 i just what i did first for the company was we just started an e-commerce site okay and then it kind of kind of uh at the time you know retail was still hot so you know um it was pretty exciting to sell a lot of stuff still like in a store and right. it was very exciting that people were just be buying big speakers and amps and big mixers and stuff like that it was crazy right right and um but you know throughout and the where years, do you guys things, with things the e-commerce where do you guys ship is it just in the u.s uh we mainly ship in the u.s but uh mm. we've shipped to internationally before awesome. um the Caribbean is a you know we get requests from the Caribbean uh Trinidad uh Bermuda and stuff like that cool yeah but um when I started um I kind of started when industry in the industry when lighting was kind of taking off so that kind of like really excited me okay you know when 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 lighting was was more accessible to like the everyday right you know mobile dj a club and stuff like that so that that's kind of why that kind of got me excited about this industry and stuff mm -hmm. and so where does that take us to get to where we are today what's your your role so you know um my role is mainly as a you know i kind of do business development you know so <clears throat> i mean as as the industry has changed and as e-commerce has affected our lives and stuff like that you know we're not we're we're still a pretty decent sized store we have like we have like an excellent showroom we used to have like a huge showroom with like mm -hmm. monster speakers and stuff like that but you know we've we've adjusted and changed throughout the years right so as the industry has changed you know we um you know e-commerce e has kind of taken over and we're not really set up as like a huge e-commerce site so um, we we kind of lean in on leaned on our, our our technical skills. So we kind of dug into like our customers who are like clubs and restaurants and bars and 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 DJs and production companies and venues like that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of got more into installations. Okay. Because you know we kind of had the skill set for that. Um, we had been customers used to bring in their big racks and rigs and bring it to the shop and we tune it for them. Mm -hmm and then wheel it back out but, you know <laughs> i mean that's you know you don't get that as much nowadays i mean even though that happens once in a while but right. <clears throat> you know we were at the time we were doing that so much that we were we didn't have to do any house calls mm -hmm. so but you know but now you know with the the changing times you know we kind of adjusted we we decided to do more house calls in terms of clubs and bars right right and you guys i'd imagine <clears throat> stay pretty busy with that because i'm sure new york city constantly has new places opening up and old places closing and, and always updating to try and outdo the other clubs and restaurants. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, we, we have, um, a f knock on wood, we have a few very long time customers who kind of are serial, uh, bar owners that they, they like to open multiple okay, open bars. New ones, yeah. yeah. So, um, we've developed long-term relationships, you know, we're in the business long time. So we, you know, we try to do right by people all the time. So we, um, and then we get a lot of word of mouth. So yeah, in New York, um, unfortunately, yeah, it pretty quick, right? <laughs> unfortunately businesses, uh, go down all the time, but then new businesses right. pop up. Right. So it's kind of good and bad, you know, but, um, for us, it's great because we're always, yeah. always new stuff, solving people's problems, basically. But so as you say, I know out here on Long Island, I know there's like two or three big like install companies. Um, but we have, you know, we have our bars and clubs that have been open for a while and stay around. And then mm -hmm. every once in a while, a small one opens up, but they're not doing the type of installs that they are in New York city. Cause they don't have that type of money. They're, you know, a mom and pop shop that's putting in some cheap Amazon lights and, you know, surround yeah. system. And then if they do really well and move into a bigger spot or something, they'll upgrade. But, um, well, I can one imagine of my customers, quite a bit of work in New York city. <laughs> one of my customers, um, he had the he's part of a group that owns 24 wow. bars and restaurants he you know when we started working with them he 
he told me right away, he's like, you're not in the audio business, you're in the hospitality business, or you're in the bar business, essentially. So mm-hmm. I kind of used that to kind of change my mind on how to approach my customers. I have to approach my customers and how, like, I have to walk in their shoes. Like, right. you know, if there's a problem at night, right before the night starts, if he calls me, I'm going, you know, mm-hmm. because um, they, they, they see music as as a very important essential part of like you know right the bar you know it's the and soul everything of the bar. too i mean tvs and video and yeah, you know, yeah lighting and everything that goes into the av side um yeah it's lot, essential. so you know a lot of the customers like that we have that we've developed that you know we kind of um they're like-minded people so we kind of stick to those kind of customers who mm-hmm value and appreciate our time and um our relationship and they're not you know so you know you know the the unloyal amazon.com buyer you know so you know people that you know you could um you know kind of grow together with you know that you can make a relationship with yeah it's a good point to to tie it back so i just had uh eric wenning i'm not sure if you're familiar with him um Mm -hmm. I just had him on the podcast. He's from PA, but he has a, a branding company, an entertainment company. He does like promotional products. He started a few companies under his um, his name, but I just had him on and we were discussing LinkedIn and, and marketing on LinkedIn and creating mm-hmm. those like corporate connections and those long-term things. And I think it connects, it's cool to connect it to the retail side of it too. Um, like mm-hmm. you're saying for those long-term things, just like we would to look for a long-term AV client or a corporate client that's going to not only use us for maybe entertainment for their holiday parties, but then they're going to have meetings where they need AV and then right. maybe they need a team building activity and, you know, several things like that. And it's cool to kind of you're tie the all in one AV. You're the AV guy for them. Right. Exactly. Technology guy, not, not and just AV. Exactly. And for him, he's, you know, not in a better boat, but he's in a different position because he has his branding company. So they do promotional videos and marketing, which can also benefit the company. That's and then huge. he does, um, yeah. he does like team building and he does all that other stuff too, as well. So not only is he the entertainment vendor when they need that, but he also does the AV. He also can do their branding and videos. He could run social, you know, media marketing ads and Google ads and stuff. So um, that's, that's for incredible. him, it's even more so, you know, a one-stop shop to create those connections and then be able to, you know, have work all year from from them, like you said. When, when you when you have connections like that, you find yourself not having to work as hard to create new clients because you have you can just focus on these clients and you can focus on delivering the highest and best results. Hundred percent. You know, for, for them. And the other thing that's great about those clients too, um, and I'm not sure how it is on the install side, but what me and him were saying is, you know, you want to build up like loyalty and trust with those long-term clients, um, yeah. and you want to, you know, like you said, do do right by them. They'll do right by you. And like with these corporate clients, when they call you and you send them a quote or an invoice for whatever it is, say it's five thousand dollars, they might come back to you and say, hey, can you send me a quote for eight thousand? or 10,000, you know, like some of those, once you build up that loyalty or whatever, yeah. like they, they might want more. Uh, and yeah. it's the same thing in his situation. He's like, Hey, this is cool. Is there anything else we could add to it to make the experience better? That kind of thing. Um, which is great too, between, you know, creating that loyalty and that trust between those corporate clients, not only are they giving you more work per year, but they might also be giving you additional work or trust you to take on other parts of their event. Yeah. Because they, they trust you whole, right. wholeheartedly. And I think it's probably, um, I don't know if it's similar for you in the install side. Do you find them coming to you for beyond just audio? Like, do they oh, yeah. come to you for video and stuff? Or do they ask you for recommendations for... Well, you know, know what's funny is that um, we started installing just uh, vi- uh, audio. Um, and then we started doing lighting. And then we're doing video right. also. And then now, I mean, on these installs, you know, we're pulling low voltage speaker cables. So I said, well, who's pulling your POS data? Who's, who's pulling your cameras? Mm-hmm. Or who's pulling your, um, your, your Wi-Fi? Right, right. Uh, so we, we just, you know, if uh, we're not like advertising that business, but if we're doing the work anyway, we're, right. we're, just, we're just doing that. We're solving that problem. So we don't have to like hire multiple contractors for different, right. for, for just doing that. 
Um, yeah. The POS company comes in with their equipment anyway, as long as we're all of our lines are test strong, right. then you know that's good. Right. And the and other the benefit camera, to you getting more than just audio, but getting lighting and video too is now for them. Well, I guess I should say the benefit for, I mean, obviously you're making more money out of it, but the benefit for them too, is that now there's only one contact in their phone. If they need to troubleshoot any one yep. of those things versus having to call three different companies and worry about one of them, not picking up kind of thing. And, um, with, with these guys also, they always do events. So, and, and most of them are also selling their spaces for events. So we think about, since we also do, I haven't touched on this yet, but we do rentals and production. Mm -hmm. um, so since we are in that world, we kind of think ahead for them in that when we're right. doing installation, like, do you want to plug in for a laptop for a video or when somebody's doing a presentation or, or like just a ceremony or something like that. So that DJ wants to plug in here and there or whatever it is. Right. And then we, while we're doing that on the install side, when the event comes, we can also rent them the gear as if they need it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and if they have a um, client that needs, that has a lot of AV tech needs, then we can also help them with that. So it kind of, it's their all, it's an all encompassing thing. For sure. And I've seen some, uh, it gives you the advantage to be able to kind of customize your install to make it easier for you on those events. Should you need to, um, yeah. I know some companies here on Long Island that, for example, have done an install of uplighting at a wedding venue and they're the recommended vendor. Um, so they also installed moving heads at their own cost, right. but they put a DMX port on the wall, you know, with like a lock on it so that when they go there, all they have to do is plug in their show express yeah. box or whatever and run the lights. So from that standpoint too, you can almost make your life easier if you're doing the events and the install, and then you can, you know, use that to sell on them too, and also show them the benefit. It's good for the venue. It's good for the, the vendor as long. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who do that in the city mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> you know, they, there's, it's supposed to be less labor and less, you know, work involved, but uh, I know a lot of venues that charge more than if more you would be bringing, house. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know it looks good because it's already in the ceiling and stuff like that, but um, you know, everybody's different in how they yeah. run their business. No, it's, I mean, it's similar out here too. I mean, we've had, we've had some clients tell us that we were a cheaper option to bring in up lighting than to pay the venue to just flip a switch and turn theirs on, you know? I, I just don't understand too. some people's greed, you right. know? <clears throat> Definitely interesting. Well, so let's get into a little bit of the topic we wanted to discuss today. Um, obviously, there's some crazy stuff going on in the world right now. Um, and a lot of, <laughs> I guess, DJs, but, you know, just the event industry in general is kind of like on pause. Um, so I wanted to get your take on that. And then we'll, we'll dive into a little bit of what we were talking about earlier before the show, which is kind of like that multiple stream of income idea uh, and, and what you could do to, you know, keep your time busy and, and everything like that. So what's your take on the situation? How's it affecting you and your business? Well, you know, we touched on a lot of aspects of our business. Um, obviously, you know, we have, we're kind of like-minded in that we have multiple avenues and streams of, of income. Um, you know, right now, um, it's really tough. Like we, uh, I come to the store only because I live like a few blocks away. Uh, but all my guys are still at home. A few of them are logging in to, to, to do help do e-commerce e transactions okay. and stuff like that. But the rest of them are just at home as we some freelancers who are kind of out of work right now because you know there's no gigs but you know we're trying to pay all of our employees uh, just as normal and uh, trying to uh, you know apply for the um, the, the government the PPP stuff, yeah. right. uh, the, from the SBA uh, to try to like help us offset the cost of keeping all of our employees because we don't want the last thing we want to do is to like you know let anybody go. I know a lot of people have had to do that and understand their situation. Everybody's mm -hmm. situation is different. Uh, we have like really long time employees and we just want to keep everybody. We want to keep the team intact so that, well, we're just kind of looking forward to <clears throat> when this thing slowly starts to come back mm -hmm. and to have like a, like a 
like a cohesive team that we had before like i think like kind of like what you're what, what you have and stuff like that we just want to have everybody kind of maintain their right. skills you know I, i've been telling everybody to just kind of like hone their skills and you know right. watch, watch youtube them. videos and, and yeah learn, you know i mean that's like i mean uh, provided everybody's healthy you know um that's the, it's the perfect time to recharge everybody's batteries and you know refresh everybody's knowledge or learn gain right. new knowledge and stuff like that um so but that's on the company side uh trying to deal with the clients is a little bit different i mean we're just trying to be very help we're just trying to help where where we can like so so one of the clients they they're starting to do takeout business and they wanted to have music play but somehow something happened to their music so you know mm -hmm. I think while they were kind of moving around their POS system, they, they kicked off the sound somehow. So I just went in there, I did a free service call and I even mm -hmm. like ordered some food to go <laughs> just to try to help them out and stuff there like you that. And, you know, I've just been offering our services if, if, if they need mm -hmm. um, anything for that. And, you know, we've had some of the event, the rental, the venues that we do rentals at, they've been, sending us customers for 2021 for future so, dates right yeah we're working on a, another big project for um uh like a pop-up installation in 2021 so we've just been kind of doing but it's in the budgeting phase right now so right. we're just trying to help them plan it out so that when when venues are available again we can uh have information for them ready to go so that they know what to kind of look for and stuff definitely yeah it's a interesting situation because i mean we've we've had clients that obviously march and april's done all those events were moved but um i mean we have clients in may that have postponed and, and canceled we have clients in june that have postponed and canceled um but then i'm still getting calls for the end of may and calls for june for people yeah. planning events and backyard parties so it's it's almost like a you know there's like a line and you're either you're on either side. You're like, you know what, this is going to be out of here. It's going to pass. We're still going to celebrate. And then there's the people that are like, what if this lasts 10 years? And then, you know, they're like yeah. shutting everything down. So it's definitely an interesting um, time. Like I, I, said. I think it's going to be a phase rollout mm -hmm. of, I mean, you can't open everything right away. It's yeah. just not happening. Definitely Cause not. Because people, um, um, unless they have a vaccine, then then all then everything can right. maybe Which go back to normal. they said is in the works. They just it's still like ten months out, so it's it's not gonna you know unless they find something sooner they can expedite that somehow. But um, I agree, it's not gonna. And I think you do a lot of corporate work too, so I'm curious to see if you agree. And I said this, uh, I was on a live chat with Bar and uh, Rick Webb and stuff, and we were talking about the the phasing of rolling out events, and people were saying, oh, no one's gonna want to go party yeah, at a I wedding for you know, 10 that. years or whatever. And one of the things I was saying is I think, I think the corporate event business is going to be the first to kind of, or I should say the second to start up. I think bars are going to be the, the first. I think yeah. as soon as the public can go out and get a drink and that that's <clears> their, their quickest access, they're going to want to, you know, yeah. celebrate and have a drink. And then I think the corporate side, as soon as corporate America can go back to their normal day to day, they're going to have meetings. They're going to need AV um, yeah. fundraisers yeah, and stuff are going to need to fundraise money and make up for the lost time, you know, so they're going to host things. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, beyond that, then the weddings and private events will start to get back into, you know, back into the We may have but, lost some of the graduations and those yearly, um, those yearly kind of things. Like there's a yearly heard, gal, those yearly yeah, galas and right. those. I've had, uh, two lose of some of those that moved off. One's going virtual. Um, cause it was like an awards thing. So that's going virtual mm -hmm. in June, which is interesting. And then the other one we had in May, it's a yearly like fundraising gala. They actually shifted that to the fall, um, which is cool. But mm -hmm. like you said, with graduations and stuff, I mean, we still have graduation parties booked for the summer, but I know a lot of people that are involved with like the chairs and the AV for graduations and, uh, the schools are, are canceled. I know our schools yeah. canceled for the rest of the year. So the graduations canceled, everything <clears throat> goes with it, you know? Yeah, Prom, I mean to touch everything to touch to touch on that rollout a little bit uh, to add to what you're saying, um, you know we do um, we we have a staff of uh, 
audio engineers that we do live music at a bunch of these venues, like maybe mm-hmm. five or six of them. And we do like maybe 10 gigs a week, you know? Okay. And, and we're operating live sound uh, for bands that like standing gigs every, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, right, right. almost every day except for Monday. Monday, for some reason, there's no gigs. <laughs> no gigs. This is, is also my mental day off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, so hopefully um, the bars will start and then hopefully they'll bring back some live music and get get the kind of mood atmosphere going right. again. And um, and I think your retail you know, side will pick up, I think shortly after these restraints on parties and stuff are lifted, um, the retail side will probably pick up. As soon as DJs kind of see that, that first sign of hope, like, oh yeah, parties are starting to happen again. I think they're going to yeah. you know, want to spend money again. So I know yeah. I'm looking forward to spending money. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I love spending money too. You know, I mean, yeah. if, funny, funny enough. I mean, we've had some, a, a bunch of decent sales in the past couple of right. weeks. And I've, yeah, I've um, heard that a lot. I know a lot of people are, are buying stuff now. I mean, for, I don't, have you found a lot of people buying streaming stuff? I know a lot of DJs are trying to record and stream. Everyone we sold out of podcast, all of our interfaces. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. We sold out our, you know, some, some of the mics, some of right. the USB mics and stuff like that. Um, yep. people, people, for some reason, they've been, they were slacking on buying studio monitors and we, we sold like 12 mm. in the last few days. So we're sold out of most of our studio monitors. Um, yeah. We, we we just got in some JBL, so that's about no like that's all we have like the new shipment of JBLs, I guess. Right. That's, yeah, have, it's interesting. Yeah, I know so, a lot of people are obviously yeah stuck at home. They're building up their home recording studio or working on podcasts and they stuff want like music. that. Well, they also want to have hear music. Hundred percent. Yeah. And um, but in addition to, I know, I mean, I know people have buy, been buying larger sound systems and new controllers and stuff too. Um, really? Yeah, I've I've heard people and seen people, you know placing orders on that stuff. And I guess because, you know, when we're really busy, sometimes we don't have time to research that gear and you right. know, make those purchases or have the time to buy a drive rack PA2 and actually set it up because we just, we have to go do an event, you know? Um, so I guess some people are taking advantage Practice. of that who are in a, you know, financially sound state and, you know, have, have saved for that kind of thing. Um, or or they, they do it as a hobby and they have a nine to five that's still bringing in money, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Some people are still, yeah. Some and that's a good, that um, that's that a good them. segue, actually. I guess to tie into the next part about you know having those multiple streams of of income and things that we're doing. I know you were saying you had a lot of sales come in and stuff, and when we were on the phone, um, I was kind of joking about it because you were like, I, I was saying how I was doing the podcast and working on my website, and you were like, oh, I wish I was doing that stuff, and I said, oh, I wish I was making sales, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was funny. I was packing boxes because I'm a one man army right yeah. now. And I was like, normally guys, I have a team and you know, you split up yeah. the work and I'm normally doing, you know, your kind of work, uh, just right. building the business and trying to develop, build relationships and, you know, do quotes and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll like, yeah, you, you helped me put it in perspective. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> we'll take the, the 10 boxes that we sent out. And yeah, I know, I know, I know people will be happy to receive them. Hundred percent, uh, and it's that's an interesting concept that I think a lot of people. I just put out a video on like marketing and creating a brand as well, and then it also just became our tenth episode um, as I made an, an audio version as well. Um, but I was talking about you know like for those of us that are in this um, to create a brand, and we're in this because we love what we do and not because we want to sell our company. Um, like we are thinking long-term we're thinking five, 10 years from now. And that's one of those things where like talking about doing our website and working on just making connections on LinkedIn or or whatever it is. um, Even though that stuff's not bringing money in the door right now to us, that almost seems more important than those 10 boxes because long-term that could mean 50 boxes, you know? And um, it's an interesting way to look at it. And I think a lot of the um, DJ industry is more that like day to day, like I want to book five photo booths today versus I want to book 500 photo booths in the next two years, you know, yeah. and they gear their marketing towards that and they gear, you know, all their actions towards that as well. Um, versus thinking about that, that long-term 
return on investment. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the podcast real quick. Just wanted to make sure you guys are following us on Instagram at re underscore and underscore friends so you could stay up to date with all our newest episodes as well as watch our Instagram stories to see who's coming up next. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, a lot of even regular stores, dealers that even started back when we started or even later than us, they, they were always um, second generation. Um, but every, you know, normally dealers are just kind of in the, in the grind of it, selling, mm-hmm. turning, you know, in, in still constantly doing that. Right. Whereas, um, you know, we're, we're constantly trying to see it long-term and we have, the rentals, we have the production, we have the installs, and then we have the e-commerce to kind of hold us over right now. And then the retail sales and stuff like that, the installations and stuff. And then um, I just, you know, you and I, you know, we both we both consume a lot of Gary Vee content and, yeah. you know, we kind of, uh, I subscribe to that and I I, I totally believe in, in doing what, what he's doing and yeah. I totally believe in what you're doing for yourself. It's, it's very inspir- inspiring. Thank so you. just, just keep doing that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I love his content too. And that's like a huge thing is that, you know, and, and he talks about it all the time as well. Um, but I think so many people, like you said, even in the, the retail side are so transaction based because it's, it is a lot easier to look at your bank account today and see a certain number then think about what your bank account may have, you know, two years from now and that kind of thing. And, um, but it's one of those things where like you look at Coke and Pepsi and these larger brands, uh, Nike, like people don't go buy Nike because it's the best shoe on the planet. You know, it's a shoe, but they built up such a brand that people want Nike over a store brand, you know? And, um, it's one of those things where like you can build up a brand where people just know to go to canal sound and light versus just trying to make as many sales now, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just a, it's, it's a different business model for those that I think are love what they do and are really looking for that long-term return on investment, um, versus that, you know, just day to day, Hey, I want to flip this business as quick as possible, you know? And the multiple streams of income means you have to have multiple skills and challenge yourself constantly. I mean, <clears throat> you know, like, you know, we started in retail, but, you know, we did we did production back in the 90s. Our, some of the acts that my dad did, uh, us reading, they did, he did C- CNC Music Factory. They did New Kids on the Block before they were famous. Mm-hmm. These, and then a lot of those, like, um, there were a lot of singers back then. Um, my my parents they they owned a nightclub for like three years in the in Chelsea. Right. Um, that was crazy. I remember going there as a teenager, and I, I was in the. Uh, I used to always go to this this one area, like really high up. I think it's like a two or three stories. Like it felt like it was twenty five feet foot ceilings, but the lighting controls were for some reason always high up, like on the okay. balcony. So we used to always kind of like you know, and it was like a dimming dimmer pack type of right, switching right. console thing so you'd always like you know there's always a lot of tons of pin spots everywhere so you just kind of <laughs> you know, so it's awesome. to play play with that um yeah but you know the, over the years they've had so many types of um types of types of businesses that uh kind of helps you diversify your skills and so you're transferring the skills of building a nightclub into building nightclubs for people and also building big sound systems for like those those west in the american day carnival for um in brooklyn you know the labor day carnival where they have like millions literally like million plus people those sound systems and you know the kind of sound system that the caribbean people like are on a different level so you know so taking those skills and kind of helping customers now he's transferring all the knowledge to our guys and our team And, and our existing staff, like we have passionate guys that, you know, love production. So we're all sharing knowledge and stuff like that. hundred percent. And just, I think there's kind of like almost like three groups of people that I see or three different directions you can go with the current situation, being in the event industry and like having no events, if you're just a DJ. And I see the ones that are um, maybe financially in a bad spot and just need to go get a job, whatever that is. Um, which is yeah. totally okay to pay the bills and stuff. And then there's yeah, the, what you gotta do. exactly. And then there's the ones that um, are in that position where they need more income, you know, they need money to pay their bills, 
but they love the event industry. And so they're innovating within the event industry and finding things and ways to make money now in the event industry, whether that's collecting early deposits just to get, you know, to keep the lights on or whether that's doing something. We've seen some of the fabricators here on Long Island who have gone from making led stages to clear plexi dividers for oh, yeah. supermarkets you know and that type of thing um, cool. or doing pipe and drape rentals for javits center and places like uh, you yeah know, the government yeah. needs you know so there are ways to make you know money in within this industry so there's that group and then there's the group that you know might be okay where they're at they could use a little more money but they'd rather spend the time now like we were just talking about before on their business learning growing and, you know, doing different things to grow their brand and, and work on, you know, things like that. So I had like a, a list of ideas I, I made a note here of before the podcast, just some things you could do. Um, some of them are going to make you money now. Some of them are going to make you money five years from now. Um, but one is, you know, starting like a blog or starting a podcast uh, like yeah. I did here. And, you know, my podcast doesn't monetize, so I don't make money off the listeners right now. Um, but it's it's that brand awareness and that long term thing where, you know, hey, if I'm at DJ Expo now, someone might recognize me because they listen to the podcast yeah. or something like that. And and that could lead to, you know, future work. Um, another thing which, you know, just might be an idea for another stream of income long-term, just being in this industry and seeing this happen might be, you know, investing and having money elsewhere um, that could make you money. So whether that's investing in stocks or investing in a totally different unrelated business, you know, some startup giving them some money or something like that, that, you know, if the event industry should be put on pause again, you have some money somewhere else that could be making money or, or gaining interest in that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you can market your skills. Um, like I was talking before this, I mean, I edit the podcast and I made that other video the other day in, in logic. Um, I could easily edit other podcasts or edit audio things in logic. So maybe I go on to like a website like Fiverr and create an account and sell my services of editing. Or if you know how to do Photoshop design work, you know, do offer design work and design flyers and stuff for people. Um, there are certainly people still out there looking to market and, and create um, hit up restaurants and say, Hey, do you want to design yeah. a, a flyer for your delivery or your takeout, your curbside pickup, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that's a way that you can actually make money now. Um, and then another thing is, you know, create like an online course. I know there's people in our industry who have created like online training courses that they charge for. Um, that could be a way to spend your time now creating mm -hmm. that course, whether it's video, audio, or written text, you know, articles and stuff. And, you know, put that out there and that could bring in some income. And then, uh, you know, there's YouTube videos as well, which depending, you know, as you grow your following, you can monetize and make some money off of that as well. So that's something to, you know, keep your time busy and that kind of thing. So, I mean, for me personally, I'm trying to just stay busy and just not, you know, kick my feet up and play Xbox all day. I'd rather work yeah. on things, um, whether it's going to make me money now or not, or make me money in five years or not. I'd rather work on, you know, things and, and learn new ways to use Photoshop and, and use these different softwares, um, you know, which is really cool. Another, another thing that you're, you're already doing is collaborating with people and learning from other people and, and what they're doing and just combining your skills and making a greater, greater product together or, you know, learning from what somebody else is doing and taking and, and uh, applying it to your own. Situation. Yeah. So we were talking before about like the, the three different directions you can go. And I am, I, I love the event industry. I mean, I'm just an entrepreneur. So, I mean, I shovel driveways, I've cut lawns, you know, like I've, I've always been yeah. a business person. Um, so if it came down to it, I would start a different business, but like, I love the event industry. So I want to stay yeah, in this industry and work on things to stay in this industry. Um, so that's by doing this podcast and, and growing my network within the event industry. Um, I see more long-term, you know, benefit for that for sure. Um, but it's definitely an interesting, you know, time without specific things to do and no specific deadlines. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, I want to get all this done, but I've got maybe two months, maybe five, 10. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
So it's interesting, yeah. but like I, you know, because I love the event industry, I have multiple, you know, businesses. We have our event side where we do rentals and production. And then we have our event product side where we build and fabric stages and front boards. Um, and, you know, yes, that's two different streams of income. However, they both have to do with there being actual events. So yeah. with no events, uh, not only is our event side on pause, but no one's necessarily buying event products. We actually, we have two orders um, right now that are kind of on hold. We have the material and the deposits and everything, but they don't necessarily need them for a right. few months, you know? So um, we, we just been slowly building them, getting the orders ready, you know, but. We, we're also in the same boat. We have like four installs that got halted. Mm-hmm. So one, we're just finished pre-wiring one, when we're in the middle of a video wall, believe it or not, um, just like four different installs and stuff like that, um, this that's that's been halted. But yeah. we're also using this time to kind of improve our processes. Right. So we we never really had a CRM system that we loved. So okay. now is the time to um, reinvest in that and to kind of uh, streamline the process for booking clients or booking uh, rentals and stuff. Yeah. Like I had, um, do you know Lou Paris from Paris creative? Hmm. He was on the podcast. I think it was episode two. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I listened to that one. But that he started, good. yeah, he started his own CRM as well. Uh, he, it's still in the development process, but he's making right, it specifically right. for the event industry. Um, so he does a lot of work with CRMs. And when I was talking with <laughs> him too, I mean, I've used the CRM for a few years now, but I know for a fact that I'm not using it to its full potential and it can yeah. automate a lot more of my business. So I've been working on, you know, that side of things so that I can just create a quote. And then as soon as the client hits accept, it automatically spits them an invoice and a contract. And I don't have to do any of that. Um, so there's, you know, things to that extent that I've been working on. Same thing with contracts and, you know, music planning forms and, and even just website updating website forms so that I can get yeah. maybe more of the, you know, the accurate information that I need um, and building up different website pages so that they can click on a specific page and it gives them, you know, a different form that they can fill out adjusted based on what they're looking to rent, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, also teaching myself SEO and teaching myself the back end of the website and, and social media marketing. And we've been working on building up the event product side. So I've been, you know, on the Facebook page of that, I've been adding the products so they could actually purchase them. Um, and then linking that to our Instagram and kind of teaching myself, you know, all those other things and, and building up that, uh, like strengthening the business. So it can, it could be stronger because I know for a fact, as soon as this goes over, and all these DJs events are postponed and now they're double booked. They're going to need to buy a second front board, you know, or buy more staging and, and that kind of thing. And um, it's going to get busy for, I think everyone as this passes over and things start, you know, returning to normal. Um, and so that's important, I think, to at, at the very least maintain your business and, and keep it, you know, where it was, but if not make it better, you know, and make it stronger so that you're ready to go. Right on. Uh, I I have a little question for you. I was wondering um what your opinion on on this. Do you have different you have different uh, entities with different names, uh, so to speak. Um, well, you have Red Max, right? And then you have Red Max Event Products, right? So it's kind of under Red Max, right? Okay. Um, you know, we're we're Canal Sound LA. I wonder. I was wondering what you thought of it. I mean, people. Yeah, I mean, we, we have our hands in many different things, but in terms of marketing, I don't know from the user's perspective what, what that looks like. I mean, uh, does like you see a lot of retail stuff. You see a lot of like um, event stuff from us. You see a lot of install stuff from us. How, how do you think? I mean, I wanted to ask Gary P too, but I want to get your take on it. <laughs> How, you got to get on his uh, his tea with Gary V show. Yeah, you been watching yeah that? this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every morning. Yeah, it's a great show. I wanted to ask um, you, like, how, how would you go about just kind of, would you separate them into the install side? And so it's it's uh, interesting. Virtual. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a link to my YouTube video I just put up about branding too. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that yet. Um, not yet, not yet. But I saw, gonna, that, I saw that. Yeah, I'm going to have you check it out. It's a little <laughs> lengthy, but I think it goes over some... Um, 
cool information about kind of about what you're talking about regarding splitting things up and, and stuff. And I mentioned how, you know, like I could easily post our RevMax event product stuff on my RevMax page. Um, but I want to keep the brands more specific. And I've actually been thinking about creating an additional page uh, for RevMax Entertainment, which just does our DJs and photo booths, because right. I'd rather that feed be all people having fun on the dance floor and people having fun in the photo booth so that someone looking to book entertainment just sees that. And they're like, wow, they're experts at this. Let's book them for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then have our event page where we really do like the LED dance floors, the rentals, all the cool branding and, and all that like unique production stuff um have that for that and then i have you know the event products page which i just want all event products and then show behind the scenes and stuff like that um from a marketing standpoint it's it's interesting because you can you can almost lose some business that way because someone who just follows your event page and maybe doesn't even know the yeah. event products page exists might just think all you do is rentals. Like I get people all the time that yeah. manufacture this stuff, you know? Um, yeah. but at the same That's time, by splitting it up, it could, um, benefit you. Like I said, because you can look like more of an expert in each particular area. Yeah. Um, and it's also, if, if I'm looking to follow, like say I'm looking to learn more about installs and, and see these cool installs, um, I'm going to go find a page that just posts install stuff versus a right. page that posts a bunch of stuff that maybe I'm not even interested in if all I do is installs. Um, so with that in mind, um, I think it's important to kind of split up the brands, but I yeah. think it's important to link them. And I was just speaking about this with uh, Eric Wenning too, because he has winning entertainment that's his last name is winning but he has winning entertainment he has winning branding and he has winning innovations and you know so he's got all these divisions but they all are kind of linked and that's what we're going for too i mean ultimately i'll probably open up red max tent company um and i'll probably make just nice. the brand red max so like i want it you know you go to redmax.com and then you just like choose your experience you know hey do you need tents do you need events do you need products that kind of thing and the master um, plan you know being so revealed like, right now yeah, that's it <laughs> on air so that's you know one of those those things that you know i think separating those brands but still keeping them linked so that they're still under a similar or the same name um, is important, you know, and then linking you, to you, them. Give, if giving you do. each one of them a spotlight. Right. Right. And, and that's, and you know, I think it. it goes more for like social media than anything. I mean, I think maybe like on your website, you have a different page so that, you know, someone who's just interested in installs can see everything in one spot. Um, yeah. but I think just with social media in general, because of the way the algorithms work and people want to follow people searching people, yeah that they want to follow, you know, with just that content. Um, I think it's important to kind of split things up and have, you know, multiple pages and you'll get people that'll share all of them. And one of the big things, um, and to go off real quick before we get out of time here, um, is, you know, one of the big things I think is people, they don't necessarily like, like in my YouTube videos, for example, I would link to my personal Instagram, my business Instagram, my percussion Instagram, everything like that. And mm. people would usually like choose one and follow it kind of thing. Uh, people don't like like going back and forth and clicking a bunch of links and that kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah. more recently what I've done mm. is, is worked on just building up my personal brand. So everywhere I'm just telling everyone to just go follow myself on Instagram. And when you go to my page right at the top, you know, it says CEO of, and then I tag Red Max events, founder of, I tag Red Max event products, percussionist at, I tag Brandon's event percussion, and then uh, podcast host at, you know, RE and friends. So anyone who goes and follows me right at the top, when they click follow, they're going to see all the other ones and they're going to be like, oh, let's check these out, you know, yeah, and that too. kind of thing. So yeah. rather than me confusing them right off the bat in the description of a YouTube video, say, um, I'm just, it's nice and easy. I don't have to say, go follow this, this, and this. I could just say, go follow me. And then automatically, I mean, I've noticed literally I'll get a new follow on my personal page. And then like five seconds later, I get all the other follows too, or I get a few of the follows, like the ones that they're actually interested in, you know, maybe they're not interested in percussion or maybe they're not interested in the event products, depending on where they fall. Um, which I think is very interesting and it's just a different, you know, standpoint, but I, I like, from a marketing standpoint, I like being able to send different content to all of them. Um, but it's also a lot more work and it's a lot to keep up that's, with. That's what I you, was just thinking. <laughs> if you let one of them fall behind and I go to, you know, say I'm just using you as an example, but say I go to your install page and I don't see a post except for like 2016, 
I'm going to be like, Oh, these guys are out of business, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those two. It's like almost an all or nothing, you know, game. And I've been talking to my guys recently too. I'm like, listen, like <clears throat> depending on how busy things get, I might have to pass some of this off and like have other people handle different aspects because um, yeah. I want to, I want to really keep up with content and be putting new stuff out. Like I, I want an Instagram story on all of my accounts every single day that's a lot of work. It know? is. It is. And it's like, but it's so important to be in front of people these days, you know, and, and video content and everything. So very cool. Well, we're running short on time. We're actually probably a little over time, which is totally cool. Cause we talked about a that's lot of cool, good yeah. stuff. Um, but I really appreciate your time. Anyone who wants to connect with you, get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to do so? Uh, our social media pages are canal sound light. Uh, all one word we we skip the and uh for so now right what, but there might be some new pages it sounds like yeah yeah soon. yeah canal. <laughs> so uh, it, it's a long name so i don't know if i would do canal sound light installs or canal <laughs> <laughs> or might we might just use the initials or just do, yeah C, csl installations or something or, or stick to canal to <laughs> you know i really like canal because you know we've been here for, this is our fifth decade in business so and we've been on canal street for right. forever so um you know there's a there's a nostalgia there for us i mean may may not be for other people but you know definitely but we used to be called canal hi-fi and uh maybe like 15 years ago we changed or 12 years ago we changed that to canal sound and light right um but there are people in the industry that still call us canal hi-fi <laughs> <laughs> there you go it's just like i dj now with abracadabra um, right. I don't know if you knew that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. And it's the same. I mean, it, it goes the same with any brand that changes their name. I mean, people still call us Red Max Entertainment all the time. And I mean, I still kind of like have that division, but the company itself is Red Max Events. So uh, those like those corporate right. clients that I've been dealing with for four years now still write checks to Red Max Entertainment, you know, um, because yeah. that's just that's what they know, and it's like almost hard for them to get out of that <laughs> that swing. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. And that's the other reason I think it's important to keep all the accounts linked or at least similar, um, sharing one word or like you said, canal or CSL or whatever it is, something so that it does kind of all tie together. Yeah. But, sweet. Well, I really we'll keep working on time. that. <laughs> Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Episode of the podcast. See you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the RE and Friends podcast. We truly hope that we were able to bring value. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Also, make sure to stay tuned for the next Red Max Events audio experience.